Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Tiffany Hall, who is a realtor, mom, someone that worked in retail for 20 years developing as a leader who took risks, advocated for her teams, and challenged the beliefs of upper management. At 42, Tiffany changed her professional path and wants to share her story of starting over. I'm thrilled to talk to you today, Tiffany. So let's jump right into this and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. It is a pleasure. Before we delve into your professional journey, can you describe your life in one word to this point? Okay, if I had to choose one word, honestly, I would choose flawed. <laughs> flawed, but in the <laughs> but in the best way. Like, you know what I mean? Um I've taken so many risks, but I've also made so many mistakes that I can only think of it as it's so flawed. It's because it's not what I envisioned, but I still love it. Oh, gosh. And I love that part. I still love it. Okay. So I'm going to tap into that for a minute because blood, mistakes, to me, that is wisdom. That is courage. That is so many things. And let me ask you, with the flawed word, What did you learn from that when you shifted, when you changed direction, when you changed your journey? Tell us more about that. I grew up in in Stockton, came from a very humble background. My father was a custodian. My mom was a drug and alcohol counselor. But in my family, my mom set really strict boundaries. (laughs) But our life was about service, you know, whether it be in the ministry and different things like that. My mom set a a tone and a moral compass in me to make sure that we were serving others. So that's always been at the forefront of uh, my career choices and, and and also my personal life. So I jumped into retail when I was a teenager, like most of us, and then uh, continued on. I had a lot of great leaders who would, and I was just okay, just doing basic things, but who a lot of women came along the way and would say, Hey, do you know you could do this? Did you know you can um, you could learn this? Did you know you were the you're the lowest paid in the district? <laughs> Different things like that, and and would would give me d- insight and things into and inspired my journey. So I I was a young manager at in my twenties. And I worked worked my way up and I would train within the district and different things like that. But I often found myself the the only woman of color in a lot of these environments. At the time, just happy to be there, you know, just happy to have a foot in the door until, like I said, other leaders would come along and say, like, why don't you want more? You know, there's there's more. There's more. And I didn't realize I didn't have access to more, you know? Yeah, right. you know, and it and it was it was great to have those people come along. The journey is long. Like all of us, we've all faced adversity. I was I was married. I became a widow. 
my husband died suddenly of cardiomyopathy. Yes, wow. at the age of at the age of twenty nine. Oh, wow! Yes. And so I kind of found myself in in a in a fog for a lot of years, and I had a strong tribe around me that were like, "Sweetie, you got to go back to work." Is what they said. <laughs> you know? I, was, wow. I was working part time, and I was like, you know. Um, I'm a wife now working part time. They kind of said, you know, you need to, you need to get into something again. I got back into retail management and I found that I was just doing the bare minimum. But then again, someone came along and said, there's these other opportunities if you're willing to take it. I said, let's go. And so I did. I traveled for, for a plus size retailer, which I love. And I love the immediate joy that you get from helping you know we know the plus size community is like underserved community and right. we go we go into stores and we're not welcome there you know whereas you know if as a plus size woman you go into a store and this is your store and right just those, those relationships that you build in them like magic happens in there magic happens in there absolutely absolutely it certainly does I love this journey that you've taken and you've told us where you grew up. So my question is, when you took those risks, how has that helped you become more clear about living your dreams and the values that you want to live in alignment with? Well, when I took those risks and I, and I always did, and I spoke up for my team when it came to pay, when it came to promotions, and I realized that the companies that I work with while worked with while I love them, they were not in line with my core values. And my core values are you pay people with their worth. You you invest in people. You create opportunities for people. And I realized that they weren't structured in that way. And so the reason I started to shift is because I noticed, especially at the after the pandemic, we had people suffering, especially in the retail world. They were underpaid. They were going through all this stuff. And I realized that this was above my pay grade when it came to, you became a counselor, you became a therapist. And I'm going, wait a minute, <laughs> like this is, this is beyond how I can help. And I reached out to some of my upper management and I noticed that they were also unequipped to deal with a lot of these challenges and to help people along the way. So I knew I needed something different. I knew that while I love retail and I love the, I love the people and I love the opportunities that it presented for me, I realized that I really needed to find something else to take people to because there was a cap. I could yeah. only help people go so far because this is not my business. Yeah. Is, I don't own this. This is not my business. And so I realized that I needed to do something different. Wow. You know, that insight is just terrific. And you're absolutely right. During COVID, things shifted for a lot of people, people's incomes, the way they were thinking about their own purpose and value. It, it was a real awakening for so many people. And, it, you know, I, I've even talked to doctors and people in retail and people around the, the country. And I mentioned doctors because they were going through the crisis as well with their families, right? Absolutely. 
and they didn't have anybody to talk to and they were trying to serve people and lots of people because people were really suffering during that time and even post-COVID. And then, you know, you see the retail space and the restaurant space and people are losing their jobs. And then you have people in management and like, I don't know how to handle all these 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 issues coming at us. We're not equipped for this either like emotionally or with the resources. And so there's all this chaos going on. And then we see kids and teachers and schools and, you know, so there was a lot happening at that time, but it was also a time that triggered people towards enlightenment. Absolutely. And I think that's why we saw the great resignation. Right, (laughs) right. And everybody's quitting their jobs. And it's like, no, we want to feel valued. And we want purpose. And I get it. I get it. So and people and things were shutting down, like malls were shutting down, stores were shutting down, we're seeing closures still, right to this day, because people were ordering online. And now we're setting this, this pace of online ordering. And yet we still need community. And where did we go for community? We went to retail, we went to shop, we went to the grocery store. Health therapy is real. Let me It's real. (laughs) It's a real thing. Like it is a real thing. And it was so beautiful throughout this tragedy of this pandemic that we, we were able to share spaces with people and we cried in stores. We put the clothes down and we spoke with guests and we just really checked in on people to see how are you doing? Because people, women were coming in and just, you know, we were just, we were a mess. We were a mess and understandably so. Understandably. Yeah. There were so many things going on at that time. And there were so many thoughts running through people's heads. Like, first of all, are we safe? Are we going to make it? And what's going on? I mean, this is like a movie happening, right? And it's like, whoa. And so people who worked in the service industry, in retail, in grocery stores, they were hearing everything. And they were getting exposed to people because people wanted to still connect with others. They wanted to be able to get out, right? And so you were there. So what did you feel in regards to, you know, that inside, that courage that helped you make a major transition, a career transition in your life? I think it was partly courage and partly kind of kind of forced to. I had a leader and she kind of came in and I noticed that with my team, I had just got them built up, just got them kind of motivated and confident about something. And I came in and my team members were crying. And I said, what, what, what's going on? You know, what, what happened? I said, how's it going? She said, well, I just made two of your... Um, people cry or whatever. And I was like, that's not funny. <laughs> you know, I said, that's not funny. And she said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you want to talk outside? I said, absolutely. Let's talk. And we had a very transparent conversation about how I felt my team should be spoken to, how I felt like that type of leadership. I don't believe in that. I don't do that. And that doesn't align with who I am. And I was like, are you okay? Is this, is this, you know, I thought we were having a very, you know, peer-to-peer conversation. Right. And I realized that we weren't a week later when I was let go. (laughs) (gasps) Wow. Okay. (laughs) So she, so she came in, had more of a punitive conversation with your team. And then you tried to get in alignment, having this open dialogue with her and then down the road, boom, you get let go. I, oh, yes like a week later. And then I found out that I was, 
you know, at the age of 42, pregnant, left with no benefits, no job, no anything. I've never been let go like that before. And I was going, you know, just lost, yeah. just lost especially when I've invested in so much and given so much of, you know, retail, your time, yeah. your effort, your, the hours and just, yes. Uh, you don't see your family for, you don't see your family. <laughs> you Holiday, holidays <laughs> come up. I worked retail. I worked retail in high school. I worked retail out of college. I, I understand. And they consumed a lot of your time, effort, energy, days, weeks. So you didn't see your family because you were closing. That was late hours, early mornings. You were asked to work extra hours during holidays. It's tough. And you're on your feet all day. Yes, only to to have this outcome. And so I, I would say that an entrepreneurship has always been on my radar, but I just, you know, you just don't know where to start. And retail and the managers, they do pay you decently. So you get comfortable. You get comfortable and kind of stay, stay there. And you may even get a little complacent. That forced me to rebuild, to start a rebuilding process. And real estate has always been on my radar. I was supposed to take the state exam back in 2006 before the crash. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to stay a retail manager because this looks too risky. You know? Right. And and then so I, I picked it up again. And I was able to join a brokerage who allowed me to just test the waters for about three years. I was just with them, volunteering on the calls and things like that. And then I eventually became licensed earlier this year. Oh, congratulations. That is terrific. So let me ask you this. So I believe we gain wisdom and skills in everything we do, and we can bring those forward. So how have you applied the skills you've learned over the years to your new path? I realize that I'm always going to create a path of transparency for the next person, that hoarding information is like one of the most toxic things I think sometimes we can do as women and fear of people taking our positions or fear of competition and things like that. I will always create a path of transparency and tell people you could do exactly what I did. You could probably do it better because you're probably more disciplined. You know, I, that's, that's my goal to always do that. And just make sure the skills that I learned were that it's okay to speak up. And to always advocate for yourself and for others. And if that, even despite the consequences, whatever comes with that, because if it doesn't align with your core beliefs, then it's not for you. It's just not for you. It's just yeah. not for you. And, and I've stayed in places that I knew did not align with my core values and how I believe to, that I should treat people. And I kind of stayed too long. And yeah. so it's okay to rebuild. It's and that, really feels oppressive. Like when you stay in a place where it does not align with your values, whoo, you can feel it just throughout your whole being. You can feel it. Your team can feel it coming at you. It's contagious. It's toxic. It doesn't, and, and that's management versus leadership, right? Oh and, yeah. You know what I mean? And your team, yes. your team notices it and no one's inspired. No one's motivated. So I, I know now that you know, remove yourself from those places. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's something that you mentioned that I absolutely loved. 
A few years ago, I went to a women's conference in Richmond, Virginia, and the host was Queen Latifah. And really? one of the, yeah, it was so awesome. It was amazing. And one of the speakers, her name's Ebony K. Williams. Yes. You don't, you know who she is? Yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. love her. Yeah. And Boy, she, yeah. yes, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's got her own shows. And she said she used to work in different networks. And as she was coming up the ranks, her mom would say, Ebony, why are you training these other young women who are going to take your job? And she goes, because mom, guess what? One of these days, they are going to take my job. And guess what, mom? I want to be able to embrace them, model for them, teach them things that I didn't know. And I love that when I heard that. I was like, yes, exactly. Because guess what? We're here together and we're going to raise each other up and we're going to be models for one another. Yeah, I only want people who can take my job. Like what? Because I know I'm going to learn from them. You know, I'm not. I'm not afraid of that. And I think as women, we need to be more comfortable. It's okay. Like it's okay. Yeah. Don't be. Don't be afraid of that. Learn from those people who can take our jobs. They're always going to bring something new to the table. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. You know. And then I had a friend who said, you know, she had a young worker and the the worker was like uh, doing some secretarial stuff and she said and my friends in management she said well wh- how do I get your job and, and she was taken a little aback by that she was like what my job you know and then she said I got my head on straight and she's like you know what get a mentor mm-hmm. find a mentor and then there's steps that you need to take learn those steps if you need some help let me help you with those steps but I think that we have been conditioned as women to think, oh, no, we're not going to have them take our job or that's information I want to keep. Just if they know it, then they're going to get my job. Well, eventually somebody's going to get your job. (laughs) But let's share this information so we can be better, smarter, have more wisdom together, together. And we can do that. I have to say that although I've come in contact with some leaders who are not as great the majority of my career, I've had women who knew that it was difficult to get in certain spaces and were like, hey, I got in. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And almost because it was so difficult for them to get in, it made it easier for the next person instead of going, oh, I had to get it out the mud. You need to get it out the mud as well. No, yeah. here, here's a list of how you do it. Here's five steps here. here. And right. I, I love that that was kind of ingrained in me. Yeah. Like you make it easy for the next woman to make sure that she gets that next promotion as well. Yeah. And I absolutely love it because there's a place at the table for all of us. Right. And the way that we do things like each of us, we each have our own process and that's the beauty of this. We each have our own process because we come into it from a different lens, right? We see the world from a different lens because we've experienced different things. We come from different backgrounds. And so we're not all going to do things the same way, but if we can help support those women with their lens, with their process, boom, we've done our job. We've come together. We've equipped each other to be more successful as a community of women. And I love that. And I love how you've transitioned through your journey and the courage and insight and the steps that you've taken to make those shifts in your life, even when you've encountered adversity or difficulty and you got back up and there were women in your life that said, get back out there, find your purpose. 
Always, always. Get fulfilled. See, to me, I think that's really great. You know, I created a survey years ago when I started Core Women to ask them, do you feel embraced by other women? Do you feel other women want to support you in A, B, or C? Or do you ha- have you had a mentor, a woman mentor in school and work? And many of those Ooh, women said no. Question. Good question. Those Thank really you. Good. And many women said no. And I was like, man, we can do better than this. We as women can do better than this. So that's why I love your story, because there are women in your life that brought you forward and said, you have opportunities. Here's the five ways you can do. You can get in the door. Here's the five ways you can do better or you can scale. What I love too about your journey, and I want to talk about this just a tad bit more, is about you are a young entrepreneur. How are you liking the journey? What are some of the obstacles that you've you found that you've overcome thus far? Technology, let me tell you. Well, I think I am, if you ask me any pop culture references, and I think I'm cool, when it comes to technology, I am, your grandma probably knows more than me. Like I am the worst. <laughs> I was telling you off, like, I just got Wi-Fi. I just got a laptop because in real estate, they're like, you're going to need a laptop, ma'am. How did you survive this whole pandemic with and all these Zoom calls without a laptop? How are you going to be a business owner? So just to let you know, that's that's how I live my life. Like I very, so I would say overcoming the fear of technology and jumping in there and just the fear of rejection, you know, as... Yeah. As women in this industry, you're looking at a lot of these shows and even the reality shows and when they're selling real estate, selling this, selling this, and I'm looking at them and I'm going, I don't look like them. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do those numbers. So those kind of feelings just it was kind of intimidating. It's kind of intimidating. And a a lot of realtors come with a certain it's a look, it's a lifestyle. And it certainly is. It's a car. It's a lifestyle. It's a ha- Oh, yes. I know a lot of realtors. And he- here's the thing, though. I think more than that, it's your personality. It's your personality and how you communicate with people and the trust that you create with your consumer. Well, I'm hoping that that gets me through because I'm definitely not going to be able to keep up with those under, other standards. As oh. a one-year-old and, you know what I mean? Things have yeah. shifted. Things have shifted. And so I'm hoping that, and I and I know in my experience so far has been that people appreciate my transparency, authenticity, and my my love of them and that I'm going to do the best job for you. Just, just allow me to, you know? And I've been honored to have people in my life who, who support me in that, whether it be past clients, whether it be people that I've come in contact through retail that just believe in my vision. And they're like, they're, they've seen me ride the wave and yeah. they love it. They're like, we're with you on your journey. We're with you. And I love oh, that. I love, I love that. I absolutely love what you've done, how you've shifted, how you've been so courageous and how you've made a professional and career change. So with all that said, as we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with one tip to create a path they love, what would that be? I would say to not be afraid to be okay with the rebuild and be okay with the mistakes. I think that so many of us are perfectionist and we're looking at what other people do and 
you know, is this my brand? Is this, do I fit into this? And I've, I had a very important older friend of mine. And I said, well, you know, a lot of people know me as this kind of leader. A lot of people know me as, with this kind of personality. A lot of people know my past and they, they may judge my past. And he said, you tell them, that's what I was doing yesterday. And today I'm doing this. Keep up. That was yesterday. This is today. Love it. And so that change happens that fast. I was doing this. Now I'm doing this. And so don't be afraid to, to rebuild, to shift, and to be known for something different. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Love it. Thank you, Tiffany, for joining me on the Core Women Podcast today. You know what? I appreciate so much you having me on here. And I feel like a baby entrepreneur, you know, <laughs> so I feel like I'm just getting started. And so I, I, you have no idea how much I appreciate you just allowing me to be on your platform and just, you know, just, just speaking. I love this. I love that women are out here doing this. It is my absolute pleasure. And this is exactly the reason I created this platform, because it's all about women from all different backgrounds, from all different career paths. And I just, I treasure you and all the women that have been on this podcast. So thank you so much. You can follow Tiffany Hall on LinkedIn and on Instagram at Tiffany underscore Norkel underscore Realtor. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.